Hello, and welcome to the Him and Her podcast, the way we see it. In this show, we discuss real estate and entrepreneurial hacks. We will have lighter conversations based on trending topics about dating and relationships, and also we will be discussing unpopular opinions. You don't want to miss this. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to episode three of the Him and Her podcast. I am your host, Victoria, and... This is Vincent. Vincent is here as well. So we are here and today we are pretty excited about some of the topics that we're going to be talking about today. So today I thought to take um, a different approach and talk about um, some things you need to do if you are in your 20s right now or 30s in order to ensure that you can become a millionaire by like um, the age of I don't know, before 50, <laughs> you know, a lot of us. Hey, I'm trying to be a millionaire by like 30, mind. if I'm being totally honest with you. <laughs> so forget that whole 50 shit. Listen. Uh, timeline. I'm trying to, I, I got like a solid four years to grab this million and then retire and be out of here. That's it. That's it. For me, my end goal is like, I really want to retire before, by 40. 40 is my, I've written it down since God knows how old. And so I'm trying to hit that target by 40. I want to retire. So like I said, you know, this is going to be a very fun podcast. I hope it resonates with you because most of us, you know, like we all have this dream of becoming um, entrepreneurs, right? And you don't just become an entrepreneur to work for the rest of your life. You know, you work, um, you become an entrepreneur and investor because you have an end goal in mind, right? Most of us is to get to a millionaire status, is to get to multimillionaire, billionaire, I don't think, do we have a zillionaire yet? I don't know if, we, if we've gotten to that point. I'm pretty sure there's somewhere anyway, there, like, so, Bezos might become the first trillionaire or something like that. I'm pretty sure Bezos is, I don't know, because he he is not so rich anymore. Is he still? Uh, what do you mean he's not so divorce? rich? This man owns he Amazon. Lost like half, but you know, like, he lost like half of his wealth, you know, through the divorce. Yeah, that's and also, so, like, um, <laughs> you know what, I'm going to pop the brakes on that one. <laughs> That's another, that's another conversation. That's another <laughs> podcast idea right there. <laughs> Seriously, though. Like that, when I heard about that, I was like, wow. He lost half. That's wild. That's but wild. But, I mean, they they built Amazon together. Did they, though? Yeah. And so it makes sense. Did they, though? They do? did build Amazon together. They did. So it, I, I thought it made sense, you know, for her to get half of it. And then she became, what, the richest woman in the world? So That's listen. wild. All right, so I'm going to just have to do some research to see, like, what part she put into this to deserve half. Um, Are you kidding me? They were married before Bezos even had anything while he was still working like a nine to five job. You know, like she was out here watching the kids, helping him. <laughs> Come on now. Don't do that. Don't do that. She okay. was there from the foundation. So right, when he I'll... was working out of his garage, she was there. They were a team. Even Bezos said that himself in an interview I watched. All right. I'm going to let so. you cook on that one. So let's 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 get back to the whole world Listen, conversation. I'm my millionaires Be- now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get back to the whole okay. all world conversation. So because like Victoria said, like there are definitely a couple of streams of, of which you can set yourself up on certain decisions that you can make while you're like, in your 20s yeah. to help you out. And we, and we both know this tough um, because the way that the American economy is set up, they're set up to pretty much suppress you know, new graduates with student loans and experience needed to get Come the job on. you want. And like the, the housing market is, is pretty much so out of your reach. Um, and there's so many things that are in place or, or institutions to essentially make the richer get richer. But there's some decisions you can make to set you up to escape that. Um, and so I'm going to let mm-hmm. Victoria kick out off with some of them. Okay. So the number one thing I want to talk about is 
um, focusing on earning rather than saving, right? A lot of the times, you know, and Vincent, you can attest to this, we come from an African home, and so, like, saving money is, like, what has been hammered in our head. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. It's absolutely great. But, you know, like, um, if you study a lot of these millionaires, they did not become millionaires, billionaires by saving a ton of money just to save. I'm not saying that saving is not good. Saving is great, right? Because you always want to save enough money for like um, a rainy day. But at the same time, you know, like um, when you put your money in a bank, like the interest that is that is being accrued is like what, point one? Not even point one. I think it's like point zero zero. Yeah, if one, you're lucky. Right, most banks. Yeah, if you're lucky. If think, you're I think, lucky, I think yeah. last time I checked, Bank of America Merrill Lynch, it was like point zero 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 one. I think the highest one I've seen is Barclays and maybe Barclays and maybe like I want to say PNC. It's like two point two five percent. That's probably the highest I've seen. But yeah, you are right. Like a couple. Yeah, I think I did see that. Yeah, majority of the banks is like zero point five or something like that. It's mm-hmm. pretty weak. Right, right, right. And so, like, you have to think, like, um, when you're saving a, all this money in your bank account, it's not growing. You know what I mean? And so it's like, if you use it, let's say you have a thousand dollars or like ten thousand dollars, right? So a lot of these millionaires, like, um, I'm sure you guys have heard of Grant Cordone. Grant Cordone is a phenomenal, you know, like, real estate tycoon who built his way literally from being in debt at the age of 21 to, like, hitting millionaire status by 30, right? And so, like, what I do is um, I love studying him because, yeah, he is, he's not for everybody, I will say that, (laughs) but, you know, like, they're really really great takeaways that you can get from him and one of the things is you have to aggressively invest right people like warren buffett they didn't become billionaires by just saving money you know they bought um an investment this is what we're talking about like you can invest in real estate you know you can buy properties put people in it get renters in it and also um and that that property will be making money for you you know like one of the cool things i saw recently was um jay-z was talking about that you know a lot of us we don't really think about um art as an investment which you know after i sat down and i thought about it i was like you know what buying artwork and sitting on it is also kind of an investment visit do you agree with that or am i just you know i mean no like, I, so I, so i get it the art world the art world is it's kind of hard to predict i feel like the art world and like the vintage car scenes which i i both love are like kind of hard to predict so you can either a mm-hmm. buy an established classic or recognized artist so it could be your basquiat it could be pretty much like anyone of, of like high recognition right now or you can try to invest in you know a, a van gogh piece from way back or uh, like a modern culture piece and hold on to it or you can go the route of trying to figure out who's going to be the next it you know historically great artist but it's kind of tough to know um or like you're saying you can also invest in classic cars classic cars are now a thing Mm -hmm. that people are going towards like the air code porsches um some cars like some of the the triumphs in a way so you can there are things of you know vintage nature that are always going to appeal to someone so like victor is perfectly right right. if you can invest in those products by all means do it and then hold on to it um but just make sure again like you know and you're following the trends in those forums and you're learning about what classic items are gaining value 
Mm-hmm. Right, right. And so, like, um, the whole point of me bringing up that art was that, like, you know, there are multiple ways of investing. Obviously, there's real estate. There's, like, we've mentioned, you know, like, the art industry, the classic cars. But, you know, you can also invest in the stock market. And um, I think that one is kind of um, well-known. Everyone knows, yes, you can invest in the stock market. Shout out to um, Robinhood app. That's what I use for... Um, me too as a stock market investment and it's very simple you know it's user friendly literally i do it from my phone and i get notifications on it so you know it's terrible if you haven't already thought about what's up i forgot my robin hood password yeah me too (laughs) like legit (laughs) legit i had it my old phone and like it was on my fingerprint and then my phone like died on me and so i went back to log back into robin hood and i'm like what is going on and i totally forgot the password so i need to get back onto that train (laughs) but yeah there's robin hood there's acorns there's stash track of his funds (laughs) (laughs) exactly so yeah there are are other 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 ones people's go ahead yeah there are other ones there are so many yeah but um also like we said the acorns the stash just also uh, another way of looking at stocks are crowdfunding so there, there's some, and I, yes. and I totally forgot some as well. So maybe you may have someone that wants to do a project or a project could be, you know, buying a house and flipping it and they need, need money to do that project. Or it could be for, mm-hmm. you know, they're just, they're a startup and they need some seed funding. They are crowd seeding and crowdfunding websites where you can come in on the ground floor, essentially um, think of it as a high yield bank for you. So versus you putting say $600 into a, a bank account and getting maybe 0.2%. You may put that money into a uh, crowdfunding for a certain project, and it's going to be a longer retention period about the same time as a bank. But you know, it could be this project is going to be for six months. This project is going to be for twelve months. But you know, at the end of that time, you're going to get a return of about you know seven to twelve percent, which is way more bang for your buck than going through the traditional route of going through a bank. Yep, exactly what he said. And another way of investing that a lot of people um, sleep on is via your four hundred one k. You know, like a lot of us right now, um, you know, we don't because, you know, when you when you when you start off, um, when you start up your own business, you know, you don't always have the fun to just jump straight 100 percent into entrepreneur. And so like another way to invest or to do this is through your 401k. You know, a lot of companies, they give you the option to pay um, to contribute to your 401k and a lot of employers will match it. Right. And so one thing I always recommend is if you can um contribute whatever the highest percentage is right don't even think about it because that money from you is taken like before that paycheck even hits your bank account and so like you don't even realize that it's missing right and then most employers is like they um they match it to up to i think the highest i've seen is like five percent right so essentially that's free money that money is just building up for you there and you don't even have to think about it right because it's taken out pre-taxed um when i say pre-tax like obviously federal taxes or any state taxes i don't know a 401k no 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 i, I think i don't I think, think i don't, I don't think it's federally taxed all, i don't think so on all level yeah, yeah yeah so i think it's like like i said just pre-tax and you can just put that money away tuck it away your employer's matching it and you don't even have to think about it right and so another way another habit that you need to get into right now in your 20s is you need to let go of this luxury and bougie lifestyle. Like, you know, I, I find I run into a lot of us where um, a lot of us like millennials, young people that are just buying for status, 
right? You know, we want to show. I don't. I don't even know what people are trying to prove. To, to I just people. think it's more of like, you okay, know, like, so I've made it. So this is like what you do. Like I finally had that job. But what have so you made? You haven't made it anywhere. You made that's it out of the struggle of college, <laughs> apparently. So, so <laughs> it's know? like you know, I get out, and then like you see your friends that are maybe, a, and I think it's also like a FOMO thing in a way, but like you, you may be. Of, you may be of a certain study, but like your friends are like your your class, um, they're probably doing a different career that's where I'm making more, and you're like, trying to keep up with them. So you say, okay, well, like we graduate at the same time, we're the same age, um, this is what we're all doing, and so you try to keep up with you know like the Joneses, so on your friends, so you want to follow and do that, but yeah, you have to be cognizant about like your budget and your angles. Like their like their goals may be to live that lifestyle for now and and maybe roll around and revolve in debt, or they have. You know, they probably have money saved up and this is like part of your budget. So like you can never count people's pockets. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to be cognizant about your pockets and what your end goals are in life and then try to follow that path, essentially. Right, right, right. And I mean, I, I meant no disrespect, you know, when I say give up this bougie lifestyle. If that lifestyle is for you, absolutely. You know, but what when I, when I made that comment, it was due to the fact that like I've seen so many people go in debt. Like thousands and thousands of credit card debt, you know, uh, debt just anywhere just to try to prove that, you know, like they've reached a certain status. And in actuality, when you look at it, that's actually depreciating your net worth, you know, instead of adding to your net worth. And so it's like when you're when you live this life of trying to keep up with the Joneses, that's not good for you. You know, like that's not a good way to start off your career, to start off your life. Right. I found I, like a lot of these people that we look up to, I think Warren Buffett, he drove literally the same pickup truck and lived in the same. He still lives in the same house today that he did when he was like a young person. You know, he drove like the same pickup truck until he hit a billion dollar mark, you know, and a lot of us now it's like we want to just exchange our phones. We want to just exchange our cars for the next best thing. But if you actually study the life of a lot of these millionaires, they live conservative while they are building. And so that's kind of like what Vincent and I want to always encourage you to think about. Like right now in your building stages, you need to learn to live conservative. Like instead of going for like that $3,000, you know, like penthouse suite, you can easily rent out a place for like maybe $800 to $1,000 and use that extra income to invest in, um, to, to just reinvest it, right? Reinvest it and make that money grow for you. Yep. So that goes back to like... Um, don't show off you know you need to change your mindset about money money is money you need to get in the habit of thinking like how can I get my money to work for me right and another thing that I love is um, you need if you if you want if you see yourself like like we said being a, becoming a bill um, a millionaire by the age of 30 you need to start hanging out with people that are already there and this is something that it took me a while to to understand but I'm telling you that is the best way that you can really propel your career and propel your goals, right? When I say people that are already there, I'm not talking about like, you know, people that are faking it like they're already there. Like people that are genuinely already in your shoes where you see yourself 10 years from now. You need to find those people, you need to network with them, and you need to hang out with them and ask them all the questions that you can. Because you want to know one thing I've learned in this life is that like people love sharing right if they see that you have a genuine interest in learning about something they will share it with you 
you know and so because a lot of the times you know people are just kind of like well nobody asked you know um, a lot of these young folks nope we don't take the time to ask um, or befriend a lot of these people that are already there and so they don't take us seriously right but if you genuinely want to make it there you have to befriend those people and start hanging out with them ask them questions so make them become your closest friends take them out to lunch you know i don't know if do you have anything to add to that so. yeah definitely i mean and that's also one thing i learned from ironically i think i think it was crank Gordon as well or i think it was probably somewhat some other book that i that got read and it was yeah you definitely want to identify you know that mentor or those people that you want to be mm-hmm. and don't you just have to get rid of that fear i mean fear is nothing to be afraid of you fear is something to like boost you and, and encourage you so if you do find someone that you want to connect with and i would say like, to identify those 10 people um if you are yeah. not even capable of reaching out to them just try linkedin there's so many avenues of communication in 2019 almost 2020 you can send them a premium email you can you know talk to get to your secretary and tell them hey this is what i'm trying to talk to them once you show the effort that you want to connect that person those people are usually receptive and if you're authentic they will definitely work to help you out as much as they can if they have the time Absolutely. for it so definitely Absolutely. the overall thing that i would say is just shed that fear but don't completely shed that fear let, let that fear drive you for what you want so when you are thinking about mm-hmm. i don't know launching some product and as well there's e-commerce drop shipping what and when you're thinking okay like are people gonna laugh at me use that fear to say okay well let's see what's gonna happen use that fear to drive you to do that okay should i reach out to this person what if they say no they might say yes and you let that fear drive you to push you to what you want to go for. right right and the biggest thing anyone can tell you is no right yeah and so that has been something like go ahead definitely yeah that's that's all they can say is no and honestly if you're a guy you've you've probably got rejected at least at least every guy in the world has been rejected at least 30 times by by women so it should just come natural to you at this point (laughs) so i mean i mean if i'm being totally real so you just just keep honestly i i I, I did just one time i think in college like i I made an effort to get like five no's per day like i would literally just walk up to random people and i would just talk to them and I would make connections with people and it turned out that honestly I think maybe one person never like exchanged numbers with me like one person mm-hmm. in the entire time I think one time I actually just went are you talking high. about like women or are you talking about like I mean yeah, yeah. women I'd say so sorry <laughs> so like so that was your goal in college no get... oh my god no <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying like for like a three month span I was like okay let me see like what's the worst that could happen like and so honestly I'm That's pretty true. sure yeah. they all I always got a number from them and I think one time I actually just went up and I got to a point where I just knew that I would get an I would get a number from this person and I would just walk away and someone would be mm-hmm. like, so do you want my number? And you just get used to hearing no to the point it doesn't really affect you. And that's the entire message is get used to hearing no right. because then the more you hear no, no, the more you know that those are the people that are not for you. And you can already just scrap Absolutely. the out. And then the more no's you collect, that means more yeses are opening up. That's pretty much how this game works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. So... Do you want to introduce the next segment? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the next section, as we all know, uh, are on relationships. Um, and so for this week, I wanted to bring up something. I know the last two that we brought up are around, like, you know, couple relationships. Um, but this is one that I found that, you know, again, people are in our age, um, come out of college or graduate schools still trying to find your your feet financially. And so you may go into cohabiting, getting roommates. And so there's a story out there where... Um, a roommate decided to move her sister into a shared apartment with four people against everyone's wishes. 
um and then i was wondering and i've been in roommate situations once where it was four people total in the house um other times it's usually been just two people me and the other person but if it was four people and someone decided to you know ask your sister to move in you know just the same room or uh like a girlfriend or boyfriend to move in the same room would you be comfortable with that uh being that i've had roommates where this has happened with, oh for real and yeah absolutely and you know i didn't always well let me let me just say yeah this it, this has happened to me several times actually before and would i be cool with it oh boy i think in the past oh man i don't know <laughs> I mean, yeah, for me, it's never happened, so about, so it's like... I gotta think about this one. Yeah, for me, it's never it's never really been a thing. And, and again, like, whenever... And I'm, I'm coming from the guy's point at this. So there, the one time it was four people, it was two guys and two girls. And that was wild in its own self. Um, because, you know, guys, like, we just, we just do things different. Like, we, we may be a little bit messy. Sometimes girls are messy with the guys. And so it's like... There is that, and, and there's so many, so many personalities. Like some people want to throw parties, some people want to exactly, not throw parties, some people want to do this and do this. Yeah. But so, but those people, you can you can manage it, and you can you can live because you are each paying money to be there. Like we're splitting the bills, right. we're splitting rent, so that that's fine. But if one person is just showing up and then just leeching, you know, just hanging around, like sleeping there, that's where a problem happens. Now, if said person that's going to come in, you know, sister or significant other, if they're also going to split the bill, so that way it's now. That's, that's another question. Would they like? Would you, if that happened, would you ask the person to split it five ways, or you would still be four ways, and then, then those two split it, split their bills together? I think it's based on the conversation, right? So what is fair is that um, you all split the bill equally. But, you know, there's sometimes, and I've had this too, right, where um, where I think I had to move somebody in for, like, maybe a month or two, and I had that conversation with my roommate at the time, and I was like, hey, you know, um, my friend, you know, like, she needs a place to stay or whatever. Is, is it okay if she just stays here while she gets on her feet? You know, and, you know, the person was like, my roommate at that time, she was like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, that's no problem at all. You know, and I was like, what do you want her to contribute? You know, and then she was like, oh, no, you know, it was like, it's just, she just needs somewhere to stand on her feet, right? Yeah. But I think consciously, human beings that actually have morals, like my friend, she actually felt super bad, right? Because it's just kind of like, you know, I'm just staying here and I'm taking up all these people's space and energy. And so that can take a toll on, like I said, people that actually, you know, like, that mindset some people and i've been in this situation as well they just want to stay there they don't want to contribute to anything you know and just eat your food and to me that is mad disrespectful you know (laughs) it's all it's all just a conversation yeah right so it depends you sit down with your roommates and say so this so this person is coming in here can we split this like you know evenly so and so ways but i think that should always be the way it should be done right there should be some kind of give and take not just one way that's me personally so that yeah that's, that's definitely true so yeah for me i think i think i'd be I would, I would be okay with it i would just say well that's fine you know ground rules are you gonna be here for how long if they're staying here for the rest of the lease then it's like all right okay well 
cool. Y'all can figure out. I your mean, that's basically out. another roommate. Pretty What's much, up? yeah. <laughs> everything halfway. If you're gonna be here for the rest of the Exactly. So, but but at the same time, if I'm the person that's asking someone to come in, I'm gonna argue. Well, listen, we all four signed the lease that we're all gonna split it four ways. It's not my fault that I brought someone else in, and now I'm, I'm half in my portion. <laughs> you know, so there there's yeah. some, so there is that, and then in a way that could also like mess up the whole dynamic of the house. Like pretty much, because right, exactly. that's one more extra person exactly. that's that's just taking up space as well. And what what if that person is eats like a certain way? So you may have a house of like everyone's oh like meat lovers, God. and this person comes in and it's like, oh, I only yes. eat like vegan food, and then now it's only so much limited space in the fridge for five people, you know? So mm-hmm. there are all these right, things. But right, yeah, right. that that was my little relationship tidbit for this week. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I never really had to be honest with you. Um, and I'm just thinking back, like college, even after college, when I was getting ready to just um, move out on my own. I, I never, I don't think I've ever had like great experiences with roommates. It, it, it wasn't to the point where it was like, um, uh, no, in college, actually it did. In college, it got to the point sometimes where I would just purposely stay away from, from the house. And that's not good. <laughs> and I think, I'm not saying that like, you know, my roommates were always bad. They're not, right? I'm also a very, um, I don't, I hate, I, I don't want to use this term strong black woman, but you know, I, I think as women, so the easiest roommates I've had are men, Real right? Maintenance. Because, huh? Real low maintenance. Men are just so low maintenance. Right. And so like I've lived with men a couple of times, like, you know, my um, friends, brothers or whatever it is. And it is always I think the biggest issue I have with men is just cleaning. But as long as you clean for usually for like whatever man, you know, like you're living with, that's it. You know, you don't have a problem with him anymore. (laughs) But that's usually the biggest issue, biggest argument I've had. But even still, you know, I just kind of take it as eh, whatever. But living with another woman, living with other women, I haven't always had the best experiences because women, we want things the way we want it. And so it's like, eh, you know, like two strong personalities in one or like, I'm not a passive person, and so, like, um, I lived with a lot of females that were very passive. You know, if I did something wrong, they wouldn't talk about it. You know, and all that tension just kept building up, and so I would talk... When I talked about it, right, it became like, oh, I was the villain. But anyway, long story short, if you're a woman out there, you enjoy living with women, that's cruel. That's cool. Kudos to you. But I prefer living with men, and I would always say that, like, all the guys' relationship, all, all the guys, all the men I've loved, lived with... You know, when we, when it came down to like bringing somebody else in, somebody, there was no issue, right? We always just kind of split everything halfway. It was with women that everything just got absolutely complicated. Like, <laughs> oh, are they going to pay for the air they breathe into? You know, and all this stuff. But oh my that's, God, that's just wild. my experience. I'm yeah, sure that's, that's not everyone else's experience. So, okay. Right. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So then, so, um, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, so let's go on to the next segment, which is unpopular opinion. I'm going to start with one um, a little bit more serious, and then Vincent is going to come in with another one a little bit more fun. So for my thing is, um, this is an argument I have with people all the time, and it is that waking up early, like morning people are essentially better than night people. Well, you know, like people that stay up late. And so for me, I take the stance of, yeah, morning people are better than night people. But Vincent, what do you think? 
Oh, but hands down, morning people are definitely better. Um, and that's and so this is one thing that for me also happens at, at work is that I am a early, early into the office type of person. So I get in like around like seven, and then I'm out by four because then the rest of my day is open for me. But if you're a morning person, I think that's also a a quiet time for you to like do your work you know before the day starts and the same could be said for like if you i'm a night person i get, I get work done at like you know 2 or 3 a.m or 1 or 3 a.m when no one's awake but at the same time you're also fighting your like natural rhythm of like of sleep pretty much and so when that comes then you're saying okay i can i, I can have you no know, coffee i can have you know these energy drinks but that also has like a debilitating effect on your body as well over time. Whereas, you know, you get up, you start your day early, you're ahead of the curve. Like there are times where I, by the time people start walking into the office around like nine or so, I've knocked out at least like three things. And, uh, and a so, lot of work. So yeah. a lot of work is pretty much done. I don't have any interruptions as far as people stopping by my decks, asking questions. So like I, I'm definitely for the, for the morning people. I honestly feel that like universally, the work schedule should be from seven to four because i mean just think about it at that point like most of your kids now nah, get it your kids may be going to middle school and so it's a different schedule but prime business hours should be seven to four this whole thing of like nine to five who works on those hours like i i don't get it so seven to four and we should only work three days a week maybe four but there's I, I just, I just wait a second mean. you may be onto something there with that three to four days a week i'm telling you because let's no like so it's you're more productive actually yeah like for those two yeah. days, those two days during the week, it could be any day of the week. You pick it. It's mm-hmm. just filler BS for like clients to bug you with questions. That's all it is. Right. If you tell them, okay, I only have three three days or four days of business, then they know that if I'm reaching out to you on these days, it has to be important and productive to my like angle, my ROI. Right. And that happens. Like, right. and that and that has been tested in Norway. Like some company went, I think Norway or Sweden, probably both, where they went to like a three day business week. And a six was a six hour days, and they got so much work done more than they did it on a full hours and full days of the week because everyone knew right. exactly what they had to get done. Clients were cognizant of it as well, and they knew okay, like this is what we need to send them on these days because they're gonna be out. And the same amount of work got done, pretty much. And we've Absolutely. all been there where like you well, send I, an email I think, out. I think it introduces. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say like we've all been there where like you send an email out on Monday. And you don't hear back from the client till like Friday at two p.m. And you're like, "What? What am I supposed to, supposed to do with on, this?" You know. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, personally, I think um, I know now we're talking about a different topic, but we're gonna go back to the um, to the popular opinion. But I personally think you know, like workday should be at least four days. Um, well, at four least, days max. Oh, at most. Okay. Four, okay. At most. At most four days i don't know about three days you know like that okay we need maybe we could talk about that one but four days absolutely for sure because a lot of the times right like nobody really works five days a week <laughs> you know no one <laughs> does it's, just, it's 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 stressful on the body you know when you actually you have to think about oh my god i have to do this there's just this world there's too much stress especially here in the states in america we're like um all you do is work round the clock you know like yeah. there people have so many problems you know health issues because of that right like i i happen to live in europe you know and i studied the life pattern there like um 
yeah, I know whoever's listening to this would be like rolling your eyes, but because <laughs> a lot of Americans don't think you're they de- they don't think Europeans are as productive, and you know in some cases it de- I think it, I think it just depends, right? Because overall I think Europeans are a lot happier, you know, with their lives. You're not as depressed and all that stuff because they understand this whole work life balance thing, right? So like when I was in Europe, we would take like um. And I lived in Spain. I know many countries don't practice this anymore, but like they would practice what siesta. So like literally like lunchtime, everything will close down. People will just go, go home, do whatever you do, you know, like spend that time with people. But I feel like here in this culture, you're literally glued to your desk, glued to meetings from like, from like Vincent said, eight hours a day, five days a week. How is that healthy for anybody? Some people even eat it's during not. meetings. Like you don't even get a lunch. You just work through your lunch, which is terrible. Question: they just How eat how at their desk? How, how long was siestas? I mean, it just depends on you know. <laughs> <laughs> just like, but but I mean, it, would, it could go from like two to three hours. Goodness, what? Work. Yeah. Yo, that's wild. I, mean, I need to move to Spain immediately. But, but here's the thing, right? Um, it, it was just like in Andalus- and Andalusia. Okay. When I lived, um, when I visited Madrid and like all those other places, you know, they're a little bit more Western, but not entirely Western, right? They still had that work-life balance. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, when people were in the office, you just saw them working, you know? And then there was a genuine appreciation for their work. You know, like they knew like, okay, I have to be here right now. I have to focus on this because, you know, after this, I'm out. And that's the way it should be. It's like you you want to have, you want to empower your employees to actually be happy to come into work. You know, like, and you want them like when they're coming into work to give you 110% rather than just like 30 to 50% because you're like, ah, oh, man, here we go. I'm here again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because I could have done like, thing at home. Yeah, like I, I, have, I have a text <laughs> that's on Monday. I can finish on Friday when if you only have two days, you can just knock it out right there and then and be done with it. Like, there's so many things. I'm telling you right Absolutely. now, the minute I get my own company started i'm i'm implementing like a, a four day three day work week it's like i'm it's gonna be great because i'm not dealing with that i'm like yeah. listen you guys have four weeks we go tell clients we have four days to do work and then eventually because everything but we also have four day weeks throughout the year memorial day thanksgiving and people get the same amount of work they were gotten the previous week crunched down Absolutely. into that same week and it works Absolutely. so why don't we just Absolutely. practice that but i mean with that Absolutely. saying like my own, own opinion unpopular opinion also ties with this and was that i think that everyone's salaries should be made present in the workplace so all employees should know what everyone in the office is making (laughs) yeah that's what what i'm saying yeah like from Um, from like the guy at the top to the guy at the very bottom everybody's like everyone everybody's salary is transparent you know what you're making Okay, I can see, I, you know, that's a very hot topic right now, right? Because like even at my place of work um, right now, they're starting to, they're starting to go into that where if they post an ad and I'm seeing this a lot on LinkedIn, right? If they post an ad for a job, they, they, um, they highlight the salary as well. And that's usually like the base salary. But then, you know, like sometimes I've seen like you come into an interview, blah, blah, blah. You know, like the interviewers find out a lot more about you, a lot more credentials, and then they can tag on an amount to that. So I think the base salaries should be open. You know, like everyone should see that. But, you know, I don't know. And I think it also has to be, oh man, 
I don't know because it really it can inspire a lot of hate, right? Because so one person can be an um a great performer and another person can just be like eh, right? And so the the great performer will get more than likely, you know, like a salary increase by their year-end appraisal or year-end review or whatever it is. And so the other person is like, eh, probably still at wherever they started. In that situation, especially if they're working in the same team, that can be that can become very, very toxic and counterproductive, right? Because one person is feeling this hate for the other person. And so, like, you don't really work well together knowing that, oh, this person, got, um, you know, makes so much more than me. I've seen it happen so many times. You know, no, like, but that can I'm empower you way. because you can then come... Can come out to you. No, especially, I don't think so. Because yeah. if you're a woman of color in the workplace, you already know most of the time, you know, like you're already at the bottom of the food chain. And that is a, that is a real life issue. And you can talk about like, it empowers you, but you can try all you want. They will not increase your salary compared to that white man sitting next to you. But I'm telling you, but That's that, that it. essentially will lead to the conversation of, okay, like, here are all these things. Here's how much she does. Here's how much he or she does of other color. How come they're getting paid different? Because right now they can live or they can hide behind that black wall of we don't know. But once if everybody knows, then it's really apparent, and then people start knowing that. Like awareness is key to all all change. I think so, and you know, like I find my, I don't disagree with you 100%, right? Because. Um, I'm pretty sure there was a period, you know, like, um, when I worked with a team, um, I was the only black woman and I was pretty sure that I was making the least amount of money. Obviously all my other counters were like, um, excuse me, please. I'm not trying to be offensive with it to anyone, but like all my peers were white males. Right. And I could, I could have put it on, I don't know, like anything that I was making the least amount of money, but at the same time I was doing the most work. Why? That's just the way. I'm not. I'm not saying that's that's all right. It's not all right, right? In that regard, Vince and I agree with you that like you know, salary should be made based on achievements and merit, not necessarily like oh because this person is a good talker, you know, versus um, or this person comes out golfing with us, you know. That's that's something that just pisses me off. But that's for another episode. <laughs> you know, like um, paying people because they're like in your close circle or whatever it is. Yeah. But I think to a certain degree, you are absolutely right. Um, salaries need to be made. Um, we need to be more transparent with salary and earning because you're seeing a lot of turnover now in companies because people are like, oh, you know, like this person makes a lot more than me. Oh, no. You know, like I'm moving to this to so and so company, you know, like our competitor who's going to yeah. offer me basically what you're paying this guy that you refuse to pay me. You know, exactly. and so yeah. I, 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 you're seeing that happening a lot. You know, we're in this uh, period of empowerment where everyone is just kind of like, I don't have to put up with this, right? You know, like right now the millennials are in the workforce, and so a lot of us are like, I don't have to put up with this. You know, my parents may have put up with it, but I'm not going to. And so companies, we're giving you a lot of great tips on how to get your employees to stay and be happy, pay them well, give them enough time off. And you have a you have a great employee. Facts. Like, that's it. That's all we ask. We're not <laughs> really asking equally, that much. We're really not well, asking that pay much. Them equally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, really, we really aren't asking much. <laughs> it's just equal pay for experience and merit, and then some time off if you can. If you can, if you can go to a four day week, great. If you can't, sorry, right, you know, some remote like work would be great. Hurt anybody? 
You know? Yeah, yeah half days a would be great. Day, oh my like, god. Half days on Fridays. You know, some companies are actually doing that here in the States. Um, they're actually starting, I think it's more popular in the West Coast. Obviously, everything starts there. But, you know, like, um, that's becoming a reality where, like, most companies on Fridays, it's just a half day. And then on top of that, you have a work from home day. And those companies are still generating about, about the same revenue as, you know, people that are basically crazy. Exactly. I mean? Exactly. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure those half days are pretty much just testers to see if clients are receptive to it. And then next thing you go in here, a year from now, all right, we're going to four-day week. And that's it. And then on the East Coast, people are still going to be dragging their feet. But it is what it is. So, yeah, yeah pretty much today. And I think it's also because the stock market is here, right, on the East Coast as well. Yeah. And so that's another reason, too, why we have a five-day work week. Because, you know, everything essentially is tied back to the stock market. So it could get a little complicated on that end. But Nobody needed a nerd to say that. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry guys, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Anyways, um, that's gonna conclude um today's episode. Um, again, pretty much all that we've given you today is to empower you in all aspects of your life. If you're twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, invest, save, invest, recycle, invest. Um, invest in your future, right. both financially, spiritually, and mentally physically all aspects um there are definitely all avenues for that um two if someone if you already have a roommate situation and they bring someone else in block that you don't want that drama in your life um so cut that off (laughs) (laughs) for real and again um in in the workspace you know we all we want is equal pay transparency um if you're a morning person if you're a night person um, morning persons are better, but still, everyone has their own rhythm to what they do for work and how they get their work done. So we respect that. And the final closer is look for the nose. Look for the nose. Whatever you're doing, try to get those nose because then the door open for a yes. And on that sweet, beautiful note, um, we are heading off. You can definitely find Victoria on Instagram at Victoria B A O Realtor. So. Yeah, I think I don't need to spell it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. And then me on Instagram, Steel Vince, as S T I L L Vince. Um, we'll be back next week, Tuesday, um, because we're great and you're great. Right. And everybody's Thanks, guys. great. Bye. All right. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on the Him and Her podcast, The Way We See It. Make sure you visit our social medias at Victoria BEO Realtor and at Still Vince. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you watch your podcasts so you'll never miss a show.